Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Well, hey, I guess that's me. Hey, welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem America. Today in the What's Hot Spotlight is Camilla Forbes, the trailblazing executive producer of the Apollo Theater. Camilla, a visionary in theater and television, has been a formidable force in bringing hip-hop and contemporary narratives to the forefront of the arts. Camilla has directed groundbreaking works like Between the World and Me, to spearheading the Hip Hop Theater Festival, and led prestigious collaborations and award-winning productions. So, it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that Camilla Forbes is what's hot. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an intro. Thank you so much, G. Keith. You're Thrilled quite welcome. You you are, you know, it yeah, I'm I'm telling you, I we know each other, but I got a chance to go over your bio and I'm telling you, I am so impressed. I had no idea that 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 you were such a, a, a force to to be reckoned with. And we're gonna talk about all that uh as we continue our conversation. Great, great, great. So I usually ask my special guests to join me on the Wayback Machine. Let's take the Wayback Machine and you tell us what it was like growing up as little Camilla. Oh, well, I grew up um, in Chicago, um, in uh, right outside of Chicago. Uh, my parents are um, uh, Jamaican, uh, Jamaican immigrants to the States. So I had sort of that dual identity. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, growing up, they always made sure that arts and culture was a big part of my childhood. Um, they would take me to music events. My father's a huge music fan. Um, they would take me to plays. Um, so we were constantly being inundated with our culture around us. You know, music was always playing in my household every day and on the weekends as well, especially. And so I, I, I think I always had this love and appreciation and, uh, um, and, and therefore, you know, continued the love and appreciation uh, that traveled me to Howard University, um, where I thought I was going to become a doctor, but really <laughs> changed my major um, because, you know, the, 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 the idea of truly being an artist and, and being in the world of culture um, was far more where I belonged. Um, and so therefore, um, you know, switched directions. I too am from Chicago. Uh, no I was way. yeah, I was conceived in New Orleans, but born in Chicago. No kidding. Did not yes. know that, G. Keith. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so now, all right. So now, so you, you go to Howard and yep. you, you, you decide that you're going to switch from, 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 uh, the medical mentality and want to yep. get into the theater. Yeah. Um, uh, what, um, I mean, you, you acted as well. I did. I did. I feel like that's everyone's entree, right? Like you're like, oh, I want to do theater. So clearly I want to be an actor. And really, I realized very quickly that actually, no, I actually wanted to be a part of constructing the narrative itself. I wanted to be a part of like building the magic that that this world sits in. Mm -hmm. um, so that led me to directing. Um, I also wanted to be, you know, as a director, I also realized that there weren't a lot of theaters that were producing 
Black works and Black works of a certain generation at that point, right? And so, you know, I wanted to see works that my peers were writing, um, which also meant I had to start producing it, right? Uh-huh. Um, because at that point, there weren't a lot, like I said, like uh, of of like my peers in theater school who were writing works and making films, where were they going to get distribution or to have their work seen? So I got into the, that's what led me to also get into the realm of producing. Um, And so with that, I started producing, I started a festival um, called Mm -hmm. the Hip Hop Theater Festival um, because a lot of my peers were um, kind of in this world of like hybrid works. This is well before um, Hamilton, um, but you know, it was this idea of, um, hybrid works that involved, you know, spoken word and theater, um, mm-hmm. hip hop and theater, like a generation's voice on stage, um, and 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 so we we started a festival which produced artists from all around the country at first, and then expanded it internationally. So we were mm-hmm. presenting international artists. Um, this festival started in 1999 and is still ongoing today. Um, and ran in four different cities. Um, that was an exciting time because it was in a time that I built community with artists who I still, I love and respect dearly. And we built community together. Um, um, fast forward, um, in the midst of that, um, mm-hmm. I was contacted by, um, you know, because of my work in this community, because of my work also with spoken word artists, at that time, Stan Lathan and his partner at the time, Russell Simmons, was just coming up with this idea of a television series um, really featuring spoken word artists. Um, and I, I sat with Stan and he offered me a job. Um, and that's how I started working with Deaf Poetry Jam. Um, I started as talent executive and then worked my way up as producer of the series that ran for seven seasons on HBO and then ended up co-executive producing several spinoffs from Deaf Poetry Jam um, with HBO. So um, that sort of led me into the realm of from live theatrical producing to television uh, producing, um, um, but all with the intention of um, um, providing avenues that elevate our voices. Wonderful. You know, I... Remember when Def Jam comedy started? Um, wow, and I had no idea that you were associated with it. Well, I did the poetry side, I didn't do the comedy side. Oh, you did the poetry side, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I did the poetry side. So, comedy had been running for a good like 15 20 years, and 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 then and then poetry started in 2004. Now I remember watching also some of your television stuff, but I didn't know it was you. The the Wiz Live, yeah. Uh, you you directed that. I was part of the directing team, so I was part one of the direct- associate directors. Uh, uh, Kenny Leon was our lead director. What? Um, okay, so how did your journey from Howard, yeah, get you to the Apollo Theater? Totally. Well, you know, I think that, um, you know, like I said, started producing on my own, but always there was this core notion for me about the elevation and the advocate for Black culture and Black arts and culture. And I think that was that was put in my brain and then consistently fostered at Howard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I always found opportunities to make that happen. Um, you know, I, um, you know, post up poetry jam, I continue to work in theater. I continue to direct works in New York city. Um, I was associate director for many of a Broadway production, um, that directed many works across the country, began mm-hmm. a lot of work with the Kennedy center, 
Really? Um, I did several um, 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 projects for them. Our company was curated in residence for the Kennedy Center for a good 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think between the live curation work, my directing work, and then this, and, and, and then the notion of also running a company mm-hmm. um, um, and, 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 and television and film, the opportunity for Apollo was presented to me. I had been a curator actually for Apollo for several of the festivals, one of oh, the festivals being the Breakin okay. Convention. And then another one, which was the Women of the World Festival, the first years that those happened. Um, and uh, Laura Greer, who's our senior producer, who I adore immensely, called me up and said, hey, can you be a curator for this? I was like, at the Apollo, are you kidding me? Of course. Um, <laughs> and then fast forward a year later, um, when um, Mickey Shepard, um, you know, was transitioning from her position and retiring from Apollo. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, I, 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 the search firm reached out. And at that point, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the Apollo. What could I, what could I bring to it? You know, I was, but after a lot of conversations with the team, conversations with leadership, real understanding of where the organization was wanting to go, it got mm-hmm. me even that much more excited. Um, my creative brain, my juice is blowing that this is a real amazing opportunity to not only make a stamp on a um, legacy organization and be a part of that legacy, but also really be a part of the future of the Apollo. And and that's what really got me excited, that this is a new chapter. Um, This has been a new chapter under which the Apollo has undergone as a 90-year-old institution. There's many lives that happen within those 90 years. Um, Mm -hmm. This is yet another one. Um, And and so that's what brought me to Apollo. That's kind of how my journey landed me here. And um, I've been at Apollo since 2016. um, And it has been an exciting ride ever since. Well, I, I've witnessed it, and you are absolutely correct that uh, the uh, productions and the events—you, uh, you, you brought a little something extra to the Apollo Theater. You transitioned it from being more the traditional uh, Apollo Theater that a lot of us had grown up. Uh, experiencing and and you brought this new life and and and, mm. and effervescent uh, you know feel to it and and uh, brought some young artists and 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 people who had messages and and yeah. things in uh, which brings me to tell us about your work with Tanahisi Coates. Absolutely, um, it all started at Howard. Really? <laughs> we were at Howard together oh, um, and, okay. and, and, and had collaborated way back when. Um, so, you know, I've always and, you know, obviously good friends, but but um, also collaborators since then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming to Apollo, um, it was always, you know, he had just actually um was looking for coming to Apollo. I had, you know, some programming ideas and thoughts in mind. Um, and some of them we were able to execute with Tanahasi, right? Um, when he was launching a new book, when um, which was Eight Years in Power, um, and he wanted to do a conversation and his book launch. And so it was great. We got Nicole Hannah Jones to be in conversation with him around that. Um, you know, he wanted to have several other kinds of conversations and find a home really for his voice. Um, and, and it was an exciting opportunity then to build 
um, you know, a home. And this home is always a theme when we talk about the Apollo. Um, so we started this initiative called the Master Artist Residency Program. This is a program under which we are building relationships with artists that are not transactional. It's not just about a one night stint. Um, where you hit the stage and leave, because we realize that artists and audiences and institutions wanted more longstanding relationship, right? Like uh, so many artists say, Apollo's my home, Apollo's my home. But how do we really make it to your home? So an opportunity to build a residency over the course of several years where we're making a commitment to an artist and artist is making a commitment to the Apollo. Um, so under that banner, we've been able to do some really exciting work. So like I mentioned, those several book launches that we did with the Apollo, we also did a book launch of his, um, you know, award-winning New York Times bestselling novel, Water Dancer, where he was in conversations with Oprah, mm-hmm. right? Like that didn't happen anywhere else in the city but Apollo because it was his home. Uh, we, I, I was able to adapt his book, but between the world and me for live staged production where we got voices like um, readers like Angela Bassett, Black Thought, Joe Morton, um, Common um, to participate in the live stage production, Lynn Whitfield, that happened at the Apollo. Um, and then when the pandemic happened in 2020, and this was a work that directly um, spoke to the moment of the time, you know, mm. during that moment of, um, you know, protests um, around George Floyd, we wanted to do the play, but there was a pandemic. So we did the next best thing and we made a film. Um, and, you know, so now Apollo not only did the live stage production, but also a film version that aired on HBO. Again, this opportunity to, to get the messaging um, and storytelling out to the world. Um, so it's been a really great partnership. Um, and most recently, um, we curated or he curated a festival called the At the Intersection Festival. Oh, I which saw is three that. Days of Arts there. and Ideas. Um, and so that again, this idea of, you know, he was fascinated with this moment in time of creators, of thinkers, of journalists, of um, writers, of filmmakers, of of Black folks having so much cultural capital. And the question is, like, what can we do with that capital, right? What are we doing with it? And that was at the intersection was really meant to interrogate and investigate. (laughs) So being able to bring folks like, you know, um, Barry Jenkins and Kerry Washington to the table was an exciting one, right? Like to have these, wrestle with these conversations, the visual artists like Bisa Butler to be in conversation with her. Um, and so it's been really exciting our partnership with um, with Tanahasi, um, and um, we're and we're excited to continue to replicate that with other artists down the line. Beautiful. So well, let's talk about some of your awards because you have many. Uh, and uh, tell us, I, I I know very very humble. You're going to be very humble, <laughs> but uh, tell us about your awards. Yeah, and, so, and what they mean to you. Yeah, well, you know, um, I will say that I have gotten, um, you know, even just most recently, a few awards, i.e. for the film that we did together, which was Between the World and Me, um, several, many nominations, um, whether it was the NAACP Image, um, the um, Spirit, um, Independent Spirit Awards, um, Critics' Choice um, which that film was, um, was, which was chosen for critics choice. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, it, it, it meant a lot. And, and, and I will say that, you know, particularly, you know, the recognition by whether it's the film community 
or the recognition, whether it's by, you know, NAACP Image Award nomination, um, because I think it, you know, I, I'm always a proponent that, you know, we do this work for impact. Um, and the impact is not always, it's not about the awards, right? But it is about more of a um, impact on individual audiences, um, impact on um I, I like to say spirit transformation. Um, a friend of mine would say, I don't do it for the award, but I do it for a reward. Wow. And the reward is this opportunity for audiences truly to be transformed. But when there is recognition that people are watching, that your community is watching, i.e. NAACP, it, it, it makes the journey even sweeter. Wow. So uh, in your being humble, <clears throat> did you did you leave out any awards? I, I might have. Um, <laughs> I might have. Uh, yes, Dev Poetry Jam received a Peabody, um, mm. and that was a big deal. Um, okay. And, and, I, and I would say why that was a big deal, right? Um, mm -hmm. Because this is a television content, as many people might see it as. Um, but the Peabody recognition really speaks to something larger, and it speaks to something, what is a social impact that either works of journalism, scholarly works, academic scholarly works, et cetera, have. But to have a television show um, be recognized by the Peabody Award Committee is significant because what that speaks to is the significance that actually television has on social justice and social impact, um, which is something we don't talk about enough. Mm -hmm. um, I intrinsically believe um, has, which is why I'm super conscious of the images that we put on stage and the images that we put on screen. Um, what is a social impact? Um, and um, so that was a really thrilling um, award to receive. I like the way you think, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think. So we're going to uh, get ready to take a, a break right now. Um, and I just want to remind, excuse me, our audience that uh, this is Miss Camilla Forbes, executive producer at the world-famous Apollo Theater. And uh, we'll be talking about some new expansions coming up as well. So don't go away. And don't forget to go to the website, harlemamerica.com, to see all of our programming. And we love you. And don't go away. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. You're listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out. Check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America. 
where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, well, thank you so very, very much. And uh, I want to remind you, you can download the Harlem America app for your TV and for your mobile phone so that you'll be able to carry us around in your pocket because we've got some really exciting things uh, we're planning for 2024. So right now we're with, oh, and there's some Apollo stuff on there too that uh, uh, Harlem America at the Apollo. We've we've uh, captured some things and you can see it at there as well. Yes, there so, is. <laughs> so right now, <clears throat> Ms. Camilla Forbes is our special guest. And Camilla, you know, you talked about the cultural impact and 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 what it means to you. Um, how do you see your work contributing to the broader conversation about uh, hip hop's role in the arts? Mm. Well, I think about um, and our work, and and by my work, you mean my work at the Apollo? Uh, both. Yeah. Well, you know, I think about, I think it's always our responsibility as, as, as cultural arts institutions, um, you know, and, and especially when I think about, you know, what we were, what our job is as the institution is, is thinking about not only producing works that making is in this making impact today, but also supporting artists that are going to make impact tomorrow. Um, and, you know, that's a big part of our mission at the Apollo, right? Um mm-hmm. I like to say, you know, moving the organization and an institution from reverence, but also to relevance. And that means how are we, who are the artists that we're supporting that are that that are just breaking through, right? That are looking for a home. Um, yes, we are known for being home to the Ella Fitzgeralds, the James Brown, but when they were at the Apollo, she was Ella from 137th, right? <laughs> People did not know her as this globally renowned, we just celebrated her centennial in 2016, Mm -hmm. um, artists that had global impact. But Apollo was a home for that Ella. Apollo was a home for that James Brown, right? Apollo was a home for the Motown Review uh, before Motown Review had their 75th anniversary. So how do we stay focused um, in that realm? And and that's that's where I'm really excited by. And part of the other reason, part of my excitement is 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 we started an initiative called the 21st Century Canon Initiative. This was an opportunity to not only support artists that are at a specific point in their career, but also build new works, right? And 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 build a new work fund that will be not only supporting artists, but supporting artists to build those works that we'll be talking about 50 years from now. Um, um, because if we're not doing that for our artists, who is? In 2014, there was a a study that came out talking about performing arts centers across the country. Of that study, only 4% of the works that were being presented by Performing Arts Center were by African-Americans, 4%. Of that 4%, over 60% were works, whether they were orchestral, whether they were um, 
theatrical works were of artists that were no longer um, either um, uh, um, um, were, were of a very small pool, but also artists who were no longer living. So what that meant to me is that, you know, every time where are the institutions that are supporting our August Wilsons of tomorrow, under which works, the seminal works will be created and built. Um, mm-hmm. Seminal works of music, um, you know, where, you you know, artists like and, and Archie Blake, right? Um, artists like, um, you know, um, Ellington, where are they going to receive a commission, Black artists, mind you, to receive commissions to rec- to create these works that will ultimately be part of our canon of tomorrow? Um, and that's been, been, been a part of the 21st Century Canon Initiative that we are looking to put dollars and support in the hands of Black artists that will be creating the canon of tomorrow and for tomorrow. Wow. So, all right, what, uh, you've had these wonderful collaborations with uh, uh, very talented artists, but as a director, is it your job to enhance their performances? Oh, yeah, always, right? I always see I'm I have to be the silent guide as director. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I I love directing because it's a it's a real opportunity. I, I like to be in there with artists. I like to be in there with actors. I like to be in there with musicians um to ultimately be that guide, to ultimately be to help shape and mold their performance um, in order to tell a broader story. Um, because I have that vantage point, right? As being the director. Um but that's probably the most satisfying part of directing, right? Is to be right in there in the creation with them molding, but also know when to step back and when to get out the way and when to let your artists fly. Um, and um, it, it has definitely been a joyous process. Okay. Now that leads me to ask you, <laughs> has there been an incident or or a time in which You've been sort of shy in approaching an artist. Uh, You've been sort of like uh, intimidated by the artist that you couldn't give them the the direction you really wanted to give them. Well, I'll say this: I've definitely been intimidated by artists, and I'll say, and 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 it was there was there was one time where that's happened. I've worked with a lot of different artists, and at the end of the day, you know, artists, you know, true artists, they, they like to sit in collaboration. But when we were doing Between the World and Me, and particularly when we were doing it as film in 2020 for HBO, mm-hmm. um, and I casted Oprah. Mm, um, really? And Oprah was a part of our film. Um, and and we also had Mahershala Ali. We had Angela Davis, Angela Bassett. Um, um, so many amazing, like I mentioned, Joe Morton, Courtney B. Vance, but also Oprah. Um, and I had to direct them all. Um, and I directed, um, and I had to direct Oprah via Zoom um, <laughs> because it was a pandemic. And right, so right. I'm watching all my monitors and mm-hmm. I'm watching her via Zoom and giving her direction and she's writing it down. And I was like, oh my God, Oprah's writing down what I just said. Ah, it's Oprah. <laughs> I met her before. She's been at the Apollo several times, like, you know, but that was definitely one where I was like, okay, I can't, I can't mess this up. Well, well, you know, I can uh, identify with that because I uh, at the, at the Apollo we had the 
own at the Apollo. That's right. Uh, own at the Apollo. Uh, and I was the backstage announcer for it. We had uh, four shows. We had one with Smokey, uh, one with Gladys, uh, one with Earth, Wind & Fire, and the other one, um, I can't remember the other artist. But because it was uh, Oprah's production, I was kind of, you know, like, I, I got to get this right, you know, and, and I'm working with her, her people that uh, 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 from the studios and stuff. And I was intimidated, even though Oprah wasn't there. I was a little intimidated. So I, I, I can, you know, identify with that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, all right. Is there anything that you have directed or produced? And you said, you know, I wish I had another chance at that because I. Everything. Uh, Everything. Really? There's, there's nothing that I can name because you always want to, you know, you always want to keep working. You always want to keep working on it, right? Whether it's film to play to um, um, concert, um, you know, there's things I want to do again, especially working in the live arts um, because if there's a finite number of time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a finite number of time. What... Uh... Is there something right now that you would like to bring to the Apollo? Is there a piece of work out there that you think that you could really add something to it and bring it to the Apollo and and make it really spectacular? There's so many. There's so many. Um, But I will say is that there is a... um, a um, work I did in, um, at the Kennedy Center, which was an orchestral um, version of Illmatic, Nas's first album mm-hmm. um, with an orchestra, it's Nas and an orchestra. And I really, um, I've been really working to try to figure that out. And I think we're, we have a hip hop symphonic series. Um, uh, we hope to, I'll say, this is not an announcement, but we do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, what guiding principles do you uh, follow in your role as director and leader in the arts community? Um, I think it is always listening. I think it is it's 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 listening to what are the needs of the work. Um, what are the needs of the work? Um, but also guiding principles. What are the needs of the community and the audience? Who are we serving? Um, and kind of always keeping that front and center as a producer. Mm-hmm. That's always really key to me. Um, and 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 really being a guiding principle, because I think if you you know as 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 if we can keep to serving the artist as well as the audiences, um, we're in good shape. And the reason why I say that is that a lot of times I think people begin to serve other <laughs> interests um, that have nothing to do with either one of those factors. Um, and sometimes you can get in muddy waters. Um, but um, for me, the guiding principle is what is the artist trying to say? How do we facilitate that? And what does our community need? What does our community need at this time? It's always a big question I ask anytime we, we're building a season. What is it we want to say? that's meeting a need and an answer, right? The year we did um, the Renaissance is now, which was our season theme at the Apollo, 
was um, an opportunity to make an answer, um, to give an answer um, to this renaissance of artistic excellence that has always existed in Harlem, but that we just felt was a real bubbling that was happening 100 years later as we celebrated the renaissance. Um, we had another year season called Say It Loud. Um, that was really at an opportunity for us to really, you know, reclaim this notion of social justice really living within our arts, living side by side, because our, we needed to hear and reinforce that theme of social justice in our own community as we entered into this realm of 2020, as we were dealing with police violence in our communities and art across the board was reflecting that. So how do we make sure that we're also in that conversation? Um, and so that, yeah, it, it's always the why, why, which which comes right back to why are we doing the work? Who are we serving and how do we serve the artists? What has been one of your most challenging projects you've worked on uh, and how did you overcome those challenges? You know, one of the projects we did at the Apollo was um, one I would say I, I have two one I would say, which was between the world and me shooting as a film was a challenge simply because we decided to shoot a film during the height of COVID before COVID restrictions were even in place. But we knew we had to shoot it at that time because of um, the urgency. The world was under fire, right? Mm -hmm. There were protests happening in our community about a Black man that was murdered on literally live broadcasts, right? We right. all saw it with our real eyes. How do we reckon with that? The book that ta Coates wrote was really meant to be a wrestling of all of those ideas. So we knew we wanted to have our artistic response, but the world, COVID, would not allow us. So we had to figure out a way to shoot in five different cities. Mm -hmm. um, and we shot over 30 artists in over five different cities at a time when we couldn't travel across state. We wow. couldn't travel on planes. Um, and we shot and edited and, and released that film in a matter of five months. Um, so that was a challenge in and of itself, right? Yeah. Another project that we did was a project called The Gathering at the Apollo. Mm -hmm. um, this was one of the projects that reopened the theater and in our reopening season post-COVID. The, 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 the gathering was meant to really be a solve, right, for our community because we knew we needed it coming out of COVID, coming out of the post-traumatic stress syndrome. We knew that our globe faced not only because of all of the trauma we were facing. Um, so the gathering, we pulled together an orchestra of 80 players, which was from the American Composers Orchestra. We actually collaborated with the ACO. But then we pulled together a choir of over 60 choir members from amateur singers, folks who sang in other choirs that learned um, this music that was all meant to be a healing solve, which is why, which was meant to be a community ring shout. Now, it was a challenge, even in its construction. We walked into the project knowing it, right? We didn't want to just get Abyssinian choir and bring them together. We wanted to truly build a patchwork quilt of artists and voices in the making of as even being a healing force, as well as the concert itself being a healing force. We wanted to create our own ring shout on 125th Street, um, of which we did. Um, but it was, it was definitely a challenge because it wasn't, again, just booking a band and putting them on stage. It was truly constructing our own healing and liberation within our community and within the walls of the Apollo. 
Incredible. So it was like you putting together your own We Are the World uh, assemblage of uh, That's artists. It. That's it. Oh. That's wow. it. Um, so, all right. Uh, we're winding down to another break. But before we go, and, and I, I got other questions for you, I'm, I'm going to throw out a name. And I want you to first, off the top of your head, give me your uh, feelings. Janelle Procope. Mm. Visionary leader. Stalworth. Um, you know, I, I would follow her through a fire. And loyal. And for those who don't know who she is, Oh, sorry. For those who don't know who she is, yes. Janelle Pro Procope was our um, CEO and president of the Apollo for the last 20 years. Uh, she just most recently uh, retired. Uh, but the Apollo right now, with the expansion into the Victoria Theater, has been a big part of her vision of moving the institution from a singular uh, music hall to now uh, living out the vision and dream as a Apollo Performing Arts Center, with now a total of or performance spaces, which I'm sure we can talk about in a second. Oh, yes, we certainly will. <laughs> That's great. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm with uh, Camilla Forbes. I'm enjoying this conversation because uh, I, my, too, my, my career has been rooted in the Apollo Theater. In fact, the first professional onstage job I ever had was uh, at the Apollo Theater. And uh, the, the rest of it will be in the book at some point in time. But we'll be right back. Don't go away. And uh, remember to download the Harlem America app to your phone or to your smart TV or your devices. I'm G. Keith Alexander, and this is What's Hot, Harlem America. you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480 553 741 today. Harlem, America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Harlem, America, the home of Coca Cola Zero. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Well, okay, so welcome back. Um, we're going to talk about the expansion 
of the Apollo Theater into the Performing Arts Center. And uh, that expansion also includes this beautiful hotel that's now sitting on 125th Street, just like, uh, what, four doors down from the world-famous Apollo Theater. But you guys have a very significant uh, role uh, within that hotel. Tell us about it, please. Yeah, so um, within the hotel is actually, um, or within, I should say, the Victoria, which was a historic theater built over 100 years ago, similarly, at the same time that the Apollo was built. Um, and um, has now, it's a multi-use building. And of that multi-use in that building is several different purposes. There's a hotel, there are condominiums um, there, but there also is the Apollo Performing Arts Center, two performing two performing, additional two performing spaces, as well as our office space, um, as well as there will be other commercial properties in that building as well um, that have yet to take occupancy. Um, so it, it is, if you think jazz at Lincoln Center and you think about that building, um, it is similar in the vibe, right? Where there is a lot going on. Um, but for Apollo purposes, it's the first expansion in Apollo history. Um, in which we're expanding the footprint of our institution um, beyond 253, 125th Street, expanding it right down the block, um, but also having a total of four performing performance spaces, which, you know, at this point really, you know, makes us, puts us in the realm. And Jakeith, as you had said, right, like Apollo should be like a Lincoln Center. Well, now with four performing arts centers, it is performing arts spaces. It definitely puts us in that conversation, but also makes us the largest African-American performing center, performing arts center in the country today, wow. uh, which is a, which is a really ex exciting, um, I think, uh, factoid, um, um, but also banner that we hold. So uh, now tell us how those performing arts spaces uh, will benefit the community, the arts community at large. Yeah. Well, um, you know, this is these are spaces that are meant to, um, yes, in one respect, expand Apollo's mission, as I've mentioned, you know, with the supporting of new works, but also the supporting of new works um, by artists um, that are locally generated, that are um, locally based. Um, and so we're excited to give a home where work can be um extrapolated, experienced, experimented with, take risk on in ways that you can't do in a big theater like a 1500 seat. Um, work, works can be workshopped in much smaller, more intimate spaces. Um, we can present artists um, that are doing a, a myriad of different kinds of works in these flexible spaces. That's one. And two, you know, we are hoping to really, our, 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 our work for, with the Victoria is also making that spaces available to other community partnerships um, with other community arts organizations in Harlem specifically, um, that the Victoria can be their home. Um, they can be in residence at the Victoria. Um, so we'll be announcing several initiatives coming up under which speaks directly to that. That is truly not only building community and access points for community arts organizations, but also access points for artists and individuals um, to find accessible ways in order to access as the Apollo's Victoria Theater. Well, <clears throat> Harlem America uh, is excited by all of that because we want to start bringing in our our shows, and uh, you know it. it <clears throat> excuse me, 
it's sort of like uh, 360 for me, having started out on stage at the Apollo and then being able to bring shows into the those facilities, those 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 stages. Uh, I'm just so excited about the possibilities. And uh, and and it, it, here's another thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's wonderful for the the arts community is that um, they don't have to worry about unions mm -hmm. in these spaces, mm -hmm. which 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 if they had to worry about the unions, it would it would add another cost to their budget, and they might not be able to afford that 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 type of budget. So, but they get will they get the same? And I'm sure they will the same professional quality uh yeah you know so it's it's a win-win for the arts community you know uh yeah. so do you have any regrets about your career did you have to give up anything to become camilla forbes that we know today well i think that you know i think Less of a regret, but I think that always working in the arts, there's always, you know, it, it's a strain at times on family um, because there's working on weekends is a necessity. Working at days and nights are also a necessity that pulls you away from family. Um, so it's always a challenge that we try to balance with. I hear that a lot from people in in entertainment and in the arts that uh, their, their one little regret is the fact that uh, in order to really excel at who they are and what they do, they, they have to spend time away from family, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, but it's part of the job, you know? So tell us about some of the future, some of your vision for yeah. the future. For the Apollo. Well, what we're excited by, I will say with the Victoria, is that the theaters are going to be opening this February. Um, we have a gallery on the first floor. So we're opening with a gallery exhibition um, that we are truly excited by. Um, and um, and the exhibition uh, will really be looking at Black cultural art spaces from 1950s yeah. until now. Um, and as we open a new space, so we in, in our gallery on the first floor. And, and and we have several commissioned works that will be presented in the theater upstate uh, in, in in the theaters upstairs um one called the Renaissance mixtape which is uh, done by a music collective from um called soul science lab based here in New York um in which they're looking at music from or, or they're looking at the Renaissance the Harlem Renaissance then and now and have done a musical exploration and have built a musical exploration and visual exploration journey of then and now. So we're excited to present that work in um, February that we be opening the spaces. Um, so the space is really meant to be the space of um, um, artistic work that's that's that is daring, that is innovative, that it sometimes is multidisciplinary. Um, that you, you we're excited to see. That I'm looking forward to um, at the at the Victoria Theater. So that's one of the things I'd say I'm extremely excited by. Let's give a plug to the hotel, of course. It's the Renaissance New York Harlem Hotel. 
Okay, so for those folks who are out of New York and you're thinking about coming to New York, uh, you can now stay in Harlem and experience all of Harlem as opposed to staying downtown, coming up to Harlem to visit and then going back downtown. You now have an opportunity to experience Harlem, stay at the hotel, check out the Apollo Theater and 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 have a wonderful experience. So, um what would you tell young young artists, people who want to get into this business, people who who uh, they think it's easy, you can do it overnight? Uh, what would you tell them? Well, what I would say is folks who think it can, it's easy, it, it's that you just got to keep doing it. You just got to keep making your work. Um, you know, we hope at the Apollo, I know I was one as a as a young artist coming out of, you know, art school, I wanted to know what organization is for me, right? Like, where do I go? Um, I want Apollo to be that space for that, for those young artists who are looking for a home. Um, but even, even still, as you're on your journey, know that it is always about, if you got to get with your friends and practice your craft, then do that. If you got to, you know, you know, constantly find and build a, you know, a, a salon in your living room and invite four buddies over um, to be your audience, then do that. Um, know that no matter where your stage is, you are always practicing and perfecting your craft. Um, and, and that should happen with or without an invitation. Wow. Incredible. So <clears throat> would you like to give a shout out to your team, your creative team? I would team. absolutely. Um, I just want to give a shout out to our creative team. Um, I'd like to shout out uh, our senior director of programming who makes so much magic happen, Miss Leatrice Elsie Wright, our senior producer, who Apollo would not be who it was, is today without her, and that's Laura Greer, Sharice Williams, Dwight Jordan, who curates our late nights and music cafe, um, uh, Maya Blake, um, our incredible education department, um, uh, being co-led by Debbie Artemendo and David King. Our education department serves over 30,000 young people across the city of New York um, um, with in-school programs, as well as programs on site at the Apollo. Mm -hmm. um, shout out to Shirley Taylor, who started and built that program, Harlemite, um, over 20 years ago. Um, uh, and, you know, and the full education team, um, and just a whole team at the Apollo. Um, and of course, you know, we have a new CEO and president, Ms. Michelle Ebanks. So, you know, welcoming her to the team as well. Um, yeah. I was going to get to Michelle because <clears throat> the way I see it now is there, there, there are two dynamic women, both coming from sort of an entertainment field because, uh, Michelle was in charge of the the Essence Festival and 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 for for many years and and she was over at uh, which uh, TV network uh, or broadcast or um she primarily just Essence really she was in um, her background has been in publishing yeah but 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 at but at Essence wasn't she in charge of the the festival or something That's or right the festival sat under her as well right okay so now at the Apollo Theater it's not so foreign you know, uh, for true. to be involved in this sort of, uh, uh, venture. So That's right. uh, th this has been really wonderful to, to really sit yeah. and, and, and talk with you in length and, and get an opportunity to hear your thoughts and, 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 and let you yeah. 
uh, well, talk about your career. Yeah, and well, thank you for this opportunity and 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 talking about the Apollo and the leadership and the shout outs because you're absolutely right, right? Like it's there's no other place where again you talk about Black women in leadership, right? So on our executive team, you've got Michelle, you've got myself, you also have our CMO um, who's Fatima Jones, Black woman. So if you look at our Fatima, executive yeah, team, yeah, it is um, you know it's unlike any other exec team at a performing arts center across the country. <laughs> Um, um, which, which I'm proud to say, right. Um, and, 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 and that's a, that's a beautiful thing of what I think for us is not only the mission of who we're serving, um, how we're serving, but that we're also executing, um, that mission inside of our organization. How does our organization look? Um, how does our board of directors look? How does our staff, right? It's important, um, that we are providing, you know, opportunities, or other black art professionals um, um, within our institution, as well as um, you know, training um, those young art professionals through our education program coming up as well. Well, that, that's great. So we've got about a minute and a half before yes. we uh, uh, have to uh, say goodbye. Let folks know very quickly what's going to happen to the historic Apollo Theater. Yeah. Well, the historic Apollo Theater will be undergoing a renovation itself, um, and so those dates will be the um, will be forthcoming um, on when all of that will be complete. Um, so again, you know, it is a rebirth of sorts, not only an expansion but a rebirth of the historic theater, and I can't wait um, to share the new space with the world when it's ready. Well. And it's going to be remodeled in the lobby. I think there's going to be, what, a restaurant in the lobby or something? Uh, expanded cafe. Expanded cafe. Expanded well. cafe, gift shop, remodeling of the main theater, um, as well as a soundstage. Um, expanded audience services, so bathrooms and lounge areas. So we're, we're, we're really excited for that. So it really does become, you know, a destination um, in the same way and contributing to the destination and the cultural corridor of Harlem. When we think about Apollo, NBT, Studio Museum, the Schomburg, Harlem Stage, DTH, right? Like, this is a cultural, always has been, but we continue to uphold Harlem as a cultural destination. Um, and, and we're excited to keep that keep that energy going. And Harlem America is here to cover it all. To yes. Bring it all, to connect Harlem with the Harlems of the world. So this has been great. Camilla, thank you so very, very much for taking the time. Uh, I know you're a very busy, busy uh, woman. And uh, we thank you so very, very much for joining uh, our neighborhood, Harlem, America. And uh, is any last words? No, but thank you so much. you are a legend and it's an, always an honor to be in your presence. So thank you for all that you do uh, for Apollo, but the Harlem community at writ large. So thank you, G. Keith. That's so nice. You'll make me cry. That's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. We'll see you next Friday. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.